Hey, hey, Firestarters. Welcome back to another episode. Are you pumped? Are you excited? We have a really great guest for you today. And I'm actually really excited because this is a little bit of a different episode for us, but this is a woman who I just think is so incredible in her field, in her industry, and she's doing really incredible things. And so I'm really excited for her to bring a unique insight to the show that we don't normally necessarily talk about a lot. So I'm really pumped. I'm excited to introduce you to Dr. Megan Daly. She is a doctor of physical therapy. She's an educator, an author, a speaker, and she's really focused on helping people ditch burnout, helping people optimize their performance, boost their energy, and just feel better and live their life because we have such a short time on this planet and you should live it to the fullest. And that's really a passion of hers is just helping people do that. And so in this episode, we're actually getting into, like I said, something a little bit unique for the show. We're going to talk a little bit about grief and we're going to talk about what it actually looks like to move through grief, not necessarily overcome it, but to move through grief, how grief actually affects every single aspect of your life, the physical, the mental, the emotional, all the things, and how to stop living for everyone else, how to really start living for yourself and doing what you need to do to take care of yourself and really making the most of the short life that you have. And we even got into a little stint of um, getting to hear Megan talk about the benefits of solo travel and how that can actually help you really live your life to the fullest and why she encourages it so much. So there's a lot jam packed into this episode, and I'm just really excited for us to dive into something a little bit different that I think is such a crucial part of your wellness and your personal growth. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it with Dr. Megan Daly. Hey there, gorgeous, and welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, the place to be if you're an audacious, dreaming woman ready to ignite your influence, burn your limitations, and spark your success. I'm your host, motivational speaker, marketing coach, and Dr. Pepper lover, Haley Luckadoo, and together with the most incredible women I can find, we're going to bring you the best business and personal growth advice to help you create a profitable biz and step into the highest version of yourself. So welcome to the club Firestarter. Now let's start turning that spark of an idea into a wildfire of success. Hey, want to know a secret? We've got a good one for you. Females on fire is going live and in person with our first ever females on fire conference. And we want you to join us. Come join us in Dallas, Texas, August 10th through the 12th of 2023 for our first ever conference that is going to take your business and your personal growth to the next level. This is not your mama's business conference, and we want you there. We're going to bring together 300 women in a room that is going to feel like the fun and friendship and high vibe energy of your slumber party days, but we're going to do it with the business tips, the marketing strategies, the action steps, and all of the tools you need to step into your higher self. We're going to bring together the best speakers in the industry, tons of fun surprises. And of course, we couldn't have a conference without a dance party. 
Like I said, not your mama's business conference, a full day of business, a full day of personal growth, learning from the best mentors and meeting all the right people to grow your network and help you step into that higher version of yourself and higher version of your business that you've maybe been dreaming of for a while. That is what the females on fire conference is all about. And we wanted to make it affordable and easy and just a simple yes for you. So come join us. Tickets are on sale right now. They are the early bird pricing that you will never see again. And with tons of fun bonuses that you're going to want to grab. So head over to femalesonfireconference.com and join us in Dallas next August for the conference that I guarantee is going to change your business and change your life. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Females on Fire. I'm so excited to have you and just so excited that you're here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Haley. I'm really pumped for this conversation. I am really pumped too. I know it's been a little bit of trying to get everything (laughs) sorted to get you here. So really excited that we're finally having this conversation. Um, let's just like kick it off by you telling everybody a little bit about you. I know I kind of already introduced you at the top a little bit, but give them your story. How did you get here? What do you do? Like, what did that whole journey look like? Yeah. Um, I guess like my quick and dirty little spiel is, um, I have my doctorate in physical therapy. I got it. Oh, geez. About a decade ago now. Um, and then six years into working as a physical therapist one, I felt like I was like a cog in a, in the wheel, like just running on this hamster wheel, um, hitting burnout on a regular basis. And then about that time is when my dad got sick. Uh, I was given three to six months to live. I went back, was his caregiver while working. And it was kind of this like very tragic, but also because he did, he passed five months later. Mm-hmm. Um, tragic, but beautiful opportunity to recognize where I needed to restructure my priorities and the fact that there there was a better way to do things. So I did take a little bit of time, work through, I mean, I had like a whole lot of grief, which I'm sure we'll dive into like how that affects everything and how it really opened my eyes to how you cannot avoid mental and emotional health when we're talking about physical health. Because obviously as a physical therapist, physical health was a giant thing that I did. Right. Um, and so I started incorporating the others a little bit more. That led me to branch off and create my cash pace my cash-based practice here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then kind of continued on to realizing that I wanted to work on more preventative care memberships. So I opened that up. And then most recently, um, I'm sure a lot of people had this happen. COVID hit and it like almost re-triggered a lot of old things. So I, I again, like dove deep into like, who am I? What do I really want out of life? And so that's led to now I mentor other clinicians. I do one-on-one mentorship. For, I mean, it's everything from someone who wants to start an out of network to someone who just really wants to work on mindset. And then I have a group coaching program that's on breakup with burnout and how to design your, the career that you truly want that fits you. And that is for healthcare providers. Um, we're in like week three of that right now. And then on the side, I also <laughs> developed a rediscover your best self journal. And that is targeted at like the 30 something year old female who is looking in the mirror and realizing that they don't fully recognize the person looking back at them because that's what happened when my dad got sick. And then again, in 2020 is these like that, like the, those keys to like something needs to change so that I feel more myself because somewhere there's been some disconnect. 
Yeah. So that's kind of like the route I'm going now is there will be more coming down the road as far as like mental, emotional wellness and really discovering who your best self is and then being able to really live in that with purpose. I love that. <laughs> I, I love this so much because, and I'm, I'm so sorry about your dad. I know that's, that's a super hard thing to go through, but I love that you came out of that going, okay, you know, this is what happened to me. And this is the look that I took in the mirror. And now let me go create something that's going to help other people that are in the same situation. Cause it's not an yep. easy, his biggest do. regret, like, cause I mean, I was his caregiver. So I really, like, I had a lot of conversations with them. And when you look up like other information, this is kind of across the board, what people will say most frequently at the end of their life. And he, he didn't say these exact words, but this was basically the message of like, I wish I'd lived my life more for myself. Mm, yeah. Oh gosh. We could just like stop the episode there and be like, that was, <laughs> that was the greatest advice that you could have given. Right. Like, I mean, and, and I think we're going to get into a lot of things today, but everything I think comes back to that. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of funny you say that because just, you know, before we even press record on this, you and I were talking about that of just like all of these things that are going on in our life. And it's like, life's too short. Right. And to, sit there and say, "Mm, but someday, or, "Mm, you know, I'll do that eventually or whatever. It's like, you got to kind of take those chances and take those risks now because you're not promised anything. Exactly. Yeah. Like we, again, I'll kind of allude to something we chatted about before. (laughs) Like, I know that I'm going to start branching into doing more with like my experience with solo traveling, even though that's so far removed from what I've been doing and what I'm known for. But there's been too many times where I get jealous on Instagram, looking at a travel influencer being like, why can't I do that? Well, exactly. Why can't I do that? Like I can. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, and just because I'm mid thirties doesn't mean it's too late for me to like be a travel influencer. Amen. (laughs) We need more, we need more travel influencers in their thirties. I would, (laughs) I would follow that. I would watch that. Um, yeah. And I, I think too, you know, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think, you know, there's, there's something to be said about niching down and there's something to be said about focusing on one thing at a time and, you know, all of those things, but also like, I don't think we were meant to just go through life being known for one thing and only doing one thing. And I, I think our like culture, our society is kind of brought up with this idea of like, you go to school for, you know, 18 years and then you go to college and in college you pick your one thing and you're going to do this one thing for the rest of your life. And then you go do it and you do it well. And then you retire. And when you retire, you get to travel and you get to live your life and you get to have fun because you've made your money and you've done your things and all this stuff. And it's like, why, why is that the narrative? Mm -hmm. Why can't we do a lot of different things and dabble in a lot of different things and have a lot of hobbies and travel now and, and do all of yeah. those things that we want to do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for starters, let like tomorrow's never guaranteed. Yeah. Like, so you don't want to wait. And funny enough, it was actually my dad's like greatest fear that he would get to retirement and then have something happen where he wouldn't be able to enjoy retirement, literally mm-hmm. retirement to getting sick was a month. Oh um, gosh. or wow. getting the diagnosis. He had already been sick. But anyways. So yeah. like, that's like watching a loved one go through that is like the kick in the ass that, I mean, I can just hope that I can help spread that message so that no one else or like far fewer people have to deal with that level of regret. Like I would absolutely rather have rejection or failure over the regret of not even trying. Yeah. 
with anything in life. hundred percent. And then it's this idea of like, I do, I agree that there is something to focusing because if you try to do make moves in too many different directions at once, you're not going to actually make progress in any one area. Exactly. It's admittedly what's definitely caught me up in the past. Like my ADHD squirrel brain goes off and I try to do too many things. So it's much, much better when we just pick one and focus, but you don't have to pick just one. Like there are so many skills that are transferable. You can go hard and fast in one direction and then take everything you learned and then let that help you in the next thing that you want to do. Like it doesn't have to be a one and done. We are multifaceted humans. We have far too many passions to just have like settle for one. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I I remember going through college and it didn't even end up mattering because I ended up being a college dropout anyway, but I remember going through college and changing my major so many times. And, you know, when I go back and tell that story now, I, I kind of recognize that it, it wasn't that I didn't know what I wanted to do. It's that I wanted to do everything because I was yeah. like, I could be good at so many things. Cause I have all these different skills yeah. and, and things and stuff. And it was like, and, and nobody, I don't want to say nobody, but no one talks that. about it. Yeah. Like, no, my, my parents were great and they were super supportive of like everything I wanted to do and stuff, but it was like, nobody really fostered that. Nobody took that and was like, Hey, like you are allowed to go do anything you want. Like there, you're not limited. Yep. Right. It was very like, no, you need to choose like a major. And maybe if you're like super special, you double major in something, right. Like, you know, like it, it, it yeah. wasn't the narrative that you were free to do what you wanted. Exactly. I definitely think there's the generation above us for sure was a little bit more like pick one thing hard and steadfast, yeah. like go towards retirement. And then on top of it, like, who's your support network when you're in college, like other college students who are also still trying to just figure it the hell out. Like they don't know For you're, sure. and then the faculty or guidance counselors or whoever you have in that, like admittedly their bias is pick one thing and go for it. Like that is their job is to help you do just yeah, that. Absolutely. So yeah, it just makes it way tough. Like, sorry, I don't use my college degree at all. I have a mathematics <laughs> degree. I yeah literally like because when you go to grad school like it no longer matters yeah like I don't know if I mean I I could let's be real I could actually do the vector analysis that I like got a degree in (laughs) but I'd have to go back and really like reread a textbook to do so yeah so (laughs) yeah I mean it's just it's it's amazing like I think when you hit your your 30s or I mean even just a couple years out of college you're looking back and you're just like why did I do that? Like, what was that for? Like, because you, you do, you start to get into the world and, and, and figure out what your passions are. And and hopefully you do find people in your life. And I think you and I both have a lot of people in our lives in, in entrepreneurship and in that space that they foster that and, and they Mm -hmm. help you really cultivate that and recognize that there is more to life than one thing. And, and you can have more than one passion and, you know, as long as you kind of do it the right way. And like you said, you know, focus, so you don't get pulled in a lot of different directions that can look like a really beautiful thing. And to our, because my parents also fought me breaking off and I still like doing something that doesn't necessarily involve my doctorate. Mm -hmm. Like there is an identity thing there because think about it. How often, like when you first meet someone, what's the question that you ask? What do you do? Exactly. Versus I'm trying to be more conscious about it and break that pattern because that's part of why we feel so stuck in what's our one thing. What is it that we do? And it's this societal conditioning that's so ingrained. So like I've started asking like, Hey, what do you do for fun? Or like, Hey, what are you reading up or researching right now? Yeah. That's not related to work. Like I, 
it's still so second nature to try to like start saying, what do you do? But I've tried to switch it because for starters, it's way more interesting answers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I could see that being a really, a really cool shift. I, I bet you get a yeah. lot of cool answers that way. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So you kind of, you tapped on a few different topics that I want to get into, but, um, I think we'll start here since we are talking about, you know, there, you're not guaranteed tomorrow and, and life is short and you should follow all of your passions and in, in some form or another, right. It doesn't always have to be a business. It could just be a hobby, but you know, you should follow the things you're passionate about. Um, a, a big part of that is taking care of yourself and making sure that the health aspect doesn't fall to the wayside. So I know you love talking about how physical and mental and emotional health are all very intertwined, very codependent. So talk a little bit about that and what that really looks like and, and why that matters. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, obviously the majority of us know that you should work out or have a movement practice of some kind. Like at this point, there's one of my mentors. Um, I also I actually forgot to mention this. I teach in the physical therapy realm. Like I teach for a doctoral program and then I teach for one of the leading continuing education companies. And the guy who started that will say, people don't need more education. They need more inspiration. Mm. We know we're supposed to be working out. We know we're not supposed to smoke. We know we're not supposed to like all these things. Um, and when you dive into the research, like, yes, going to the gym or be like hiking or rock climbing, like whatever it is that you like to do for movement, there are enormous physical benefits. We know that what most people are now becoming more aware of and what's more openly talked about is the fact that it also helps with drastically lowering depression and anxiety and heck like cancer mortality rates drop by 30% when you just hit the minimum guidelines and your risk of metabolic conditions, which is like diabetes, um, heart disease, like all these things that are like leading killers, honestly, also drop by a solid 30% just with hitting the minimum, which isn't that much. It's like an hour a week total. of exercise, specifically strength training, um, more so than the cardio stuff. And like that just starts to point towards, okay, if it has these giant benefits with mental health, like the depression, anxiety, it also goes the other way. And there's, it's tougher to research that one. Um, But I can say from personal experience, like if you are going through a hard time of any kind, like grief, if you have depression, if you have anxiety, obviously working out helps, but there's a couple different ways that it does. Like there are, we don't need to dive into like all the sciencey stuff as to like why it helps and like the dopamine and cortisol regulation and serotonin and yada, yada, yada. Anyways, um, (laughs) if you want to dive into the science, like I highly recommend going and listening to Huberman lab. He is a giant science nerd. You will dive way into it. Um, I don't necessarily need to do that again, because I'm bigger on just inspiration. Yeah but it will help you just regulate a a lot better. And on top of it, most of the times I would highly recommend if you are someone who's going through a really hard time and like keep up with your movement practice, it's really easy to let that go by the wayside. Um, But listen to your body. And what I tell people is just try to go move for seven minutes. Give me seven minutes. And if you feel like if you start feeling better and you feel like, okay, like, cool, I can get into this. Absolutely. If your body is still saying, I really don't want to be here, then that's great. Listen to your body and take a rest day. But the, 
I kind of got sidetracked there, the community oh, of it. whatever it is that you're doing, that is a giant support network for emotional and mental health and wellness. Like there's more and more research coming out that you can do all the right things. You can journal in the morning, you can do cold plunges, you can work out the recommended amount, you can dial in your macros and your nutrition. If you don't have community, you are missing a piece of the puzzle. Mm, yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I'll say with that is if you're worried, like nagging pains. So this is where I get really big into how everything's intertwined and we cannot ignore. So if you're the person that's like burying emotions and sweeping things under the rug and hoping that they'll go away for starters, you're probably also that person who like bursts into tears or an outburst at like the random little things. Like we've all been there. We've all yep. done it at some point to some extent where like someone putting like the silverware away wrong, like tips us over the edge, like something just absolutely absurd. Well, if you have a habit movement practice habit, it does help regulate that. Like I also don't recommend continuing to bury things like work through your emotions, but it does help. Um, But anyways, like if you're that person, if you are really getting tied up in these things and you keep ignoring it, it will show up in other realms. Meaning like, so uh, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, you could start mixing in some other smaller realms, but like, those are the big ones. It's going to show up. Typically it's going to show up as a nagging pain somewhere in your body. Hmm. It's different for every human. A lot of times it's related to a past injury. Like if you feel like you always carry stress in your shoulders, cool. You may end up with some shoulder pain or neck pain or headaches. Like something like that is going to start. The most extreme example I have of this, and I love telling the story because it was so clear. This was, I was maybe in my third year of practice. So I was working for a corporate healthcare clinic here in Arizona. And this lady came in and anyone who works in healthcare that's listening knows when you see that person in the waiting room who is just going to suck every amount of energy out of your soul for the next Mm -hmm. hour while you're treating them because they have such big emotional things going on. And it, it's, it's just going to take a lot out of you because they're going to just dump on you. Well, I could tell this, but I could also tell that she was very reserved. It was someone brand new. I had never met her before. And she comes in and it's low back pain. And I start asking her questions and I ask her zero to 10, how much, like how much pain are you in? She's like, Oh, 12 constantly. Like it never goes away. And it hadn't gone away. Like she dealt with this for like five, six years, seen multiple providers, had a lot of imaging. The imaging did come back with like some disc herniations, disc bulges, but we don't need to dive into that sidebar, but let's just say that most things on imaging doesn't actually correlate to what you're feeling. Mm, You, that it doesn't matter. Like plenty of people without pain have all kinds of things. We now know that that doesn't tell us a thing. Right. Um, so anyway, she had been like run through the gamut of things. And this was prior to me really diving into and recognizing how much these things are intertwined. Mm-hmm. So I was to say, I was getting frustrated with trying to test and figure out what was actually wrong with this woman. It like, I was driving myself batty because every single test I did came back positive in a way that like, didn't make sense. Like it didn't make biomechanical sense. And then barely touching her made her like jump and say that her pain went was like shooting through the roof, which again, doesn't make sense right now. Now I know that that is more of, because when you let things fester for a long time, particularly if it has a psychosocial beginning, it can actually affect your central nervous system. So it heightens everything. 
um, like, like an example is if I took two fingers and like put them on an area of your body, there's a certain distance that you are supposed to be able to differentiate it's two versus one. Someone who has central nervous system, like spike, like it can be pretty far apart and they'll just think you have one finger on their back. Yeah. It, it's bonkers. But anyways, um, so couldn't figure anything out. So I threw her on a heat pack. Um, I literally just got to like, I don't know what to do with you. I mean, I didn't say that obviously, right. but <laughs> tossed her on a heat pack and just started chatting with her. And she just started dumping on me about her son-in-law and all these things that were going on and all these frustrations. And I just like patiently like sat and like listened and supported. And after about 15 minutes, because that's about how much we had left in the session at that point, she like stood up and looked at me with like the shocked face. And she was like, my pain's at a six. Oh my gosh. Now, if you anyone who works with people also knows what I mean when I say I could recognize that she wasn't ready to hear that the, just the talking, like, and being able to express those emotions was what made the change. Right. So it was a solid, like six more sessions with her of just letting her chat and giving her exercises that I knew wouldn't really do anything for her back, but would help her, but just be more fit and wouldn't yeah. flare things up while we were chatting. But I did finally get to her to a point where I could start like at least dropping little things that made her question. So we were able to like have that conversation mm -hmm. and have her work on more specific emotional mental wellness. But that's just, it's such a beautiful example of how literally just sweeping something under the rug and not allowing ourselves, our bodies to move through the emotion, it will get caught up in our bodies. Mm. Oh my gosh. Isn't that wild? That's, it's I mean, that's baffling. I mean, that so sent me down wild. a giant rabbit hole of pain science and everything that I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm like, I'm so fascinated by that. And now I just, I feel like I could talk to you all day and just dive like so deep into that, but it, it's wild. And I, I think it's, it is an important thing to kind of recognize that like, it is all intertwined. Like, yeah, we all know to go do a movement practice and we all know that like, oh, I should be working out or I should be eating healthier. I should be doing this, should be doing that. And we can sit around and we can say, I should be doing all day long. And it just goes back to what we were talking about before, right? Of like, eh, I'll start tomorrow. Well, you don't necessarily always have tomorrow, right? Yeah. But it, it's easy for us to sit around and say like, I should be doing this and let me go try this. But I think it's just that, you know, kind of beautiful and kind of hard reminder that sometimes it isn't always just about like, going in the gym and, and using weights, right? Like you've, you've got to get yourself in that spot where your mental health is good too. Your emotional health is yeah. good too. And, and you are constantly checking in with those things and taking care of those things. And I think that's one of those, one of those topics that doesn't, I don't want to say it's not as easy as going to the gym and working out because like, yeah, you mm -hmm. need to get in the gym and actually be doing the right workouts, right. And targeting the right things. And and, and all, and having those like physical fitness goals and all this kind of stuff. So I'm not making that out to be easy, but sometimes it's hard. No, for it's us. the choose your heart thing. Yeah. But sometimes I think it is harder for people because they feel like there's less support out there with when it comes to mental and emotional health. And it's like, where do I start? Right? Like, how do I start actually checking in on those things and actually take, and I love that you mentioned like you know, journaling and, and then the cold plunges and like, you know, some people it's just like, go, go on a walk, right? Like just get outside yeah. and like breathe in some fresh air. Right. Like I know getting outside is hands down. Like yeah, my number one, well, best. I take that back. 
full night of sleep is my number one. Second yeah. is get the hell outside. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on that part. I'm not as good on that part, but it's, it's admittedly harder. So when I like is. work with patients, cause that's a giant part of what I do with like the preventative care memberships and my mentoring is making sure people are taking care of mental, emotional health. And I will tackle the let's get outside and then quality of sleep first, because quantity is a lot harder for people. Yeah. So recognizing that I will tackle that first, but I mean, it's, it's huge. I'll just circle back to one more quick example of how it's all related. Um, so I mentioned my dad mm-hmm. a month after I got back to Arizona, after he passed, I took a snowboard fall or a fall snowboarding and tore the labrum in my shoulder. And it is a fall that I should have been able to sustain, meaning I have the physical strength and capacity that that fall should not have resulted in that injury. However, because my body and my mind and my system were so wrapped up in just taking care of me emotionally and the grief that I was feeling, it did not activate at a hundred percent. And therefore I sustained the injury. Like, do I have absolute proof of that? No, no one can, but you know it. Yeah. Hmm. Like I am definitely a strong enough human to have taken that fall without that level of injury. And then on top of it, rehab, if you're going through something like your body's trying to do a lot of different things, it's trying to heal my, me emotionally and mentally. So to also heal physically took a little bit longer than it would have otherwise. Right. So Mm. if anyone's listening and dealing with that, like it's okay, make sure you have the support, but it might take a little bit longer and give yourself a lot of grace. Oh yeah. Oh, grace is always a must. I think. Um, so you, you kind of touched you, we started touching on like how grief obviously does Mm -hmm. affect a lot of aspects of your life. Can you talk a little bit about that? And specifically, I think where to start, like, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where, and I, I have felt this, especially, um, even more recently of it's like, you know, you just mentioned like, not bottling things up and, and not just like burying things and pushing forward and hoping it all just like fixes itself. But I think inherently we kind of know that, okay, if I just shove this under the rug, it's going to come out eventually and it's going to be a problem and can affect a lot of areas. But I also think for some people, and, and I'm speaking for myself here, it's like, but where do you begin? Right? Like, where do you start with actually dealing with that the right way and, and finding ways to, to work through that and still also carry on with your daily life. Right. Because it's not like we can mm-hmm. all just like shut down and cry under the covers all day long and until it's out of yeah. us. Right. So, so touch on kind of both pieces of that, like how it does affect every aspect of your life, but also just specifically where to start with kind of starting to solve that problem. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like the example I just showed or talked about with physical health. So when you are dealing with grief, your nervous system is trying to protect you. It's also trying to heal you. Like there's a lot of things going on. And so your like threshold capacity for other things is admittedly going to be a little bit lower and that's okay. And a lot of it is going to be, there's no like great, like, check the boxes and and you can figure out how to listen to your body kind of thing. Um, But listening to your body as far as like when to push it and when to hold back and reflect. Meaning like for like the physical stuff, there's, I jumped to that because again, like movement helps a ton with this. And there's going to be when you're 
dealing with grief, there's going to be days where you can push it. And that's going to be really beneficial for you to just like hammer almost, I call it like going blackout, Mm -hmm. but like when you really just like focus, you get in flow and like you just drive through, um, there's going to be days like that. There's also going to be days where you pick up a barbell and it feels like 50 pounds heavier than it should. And your system is just tanked and you need to just rest and go for a walk outside and maybe do like the cold plunge or the sauna or contrast, those kind of things. Right. Um, so I would say 100% movement, but list also like listening and honoring your body and figuring out when to push it and when not. That's why I like that seven minute thing is because generally at about the seven minute mark, if I've kind of like been able to push the gas pedal a little bit and I feel a little bit better then I know that that's what I should do. And then conversely, like if I start to just feel heavier and heavier, I know that's a day that I just need to chill and do something more gentle movement. Yeah. And then I kind of alluded to this earlier, but having a support network. Now I recognize that maybe not everyone already has that support network and it's really hard to create one in the middle of going through grief because I know you've dealt with this where you feel a little disconnected. Like it's really tough to feel incredibly present and grounded when you're going through something like grief or a really hard time. It's incredibly tough. Um, I do think that it's important to try to do more grounding practices to try to mitigate that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Like just get outside first thing in the morning. In fact, it's one of the big things that I talk about on the free habit tracker that I give people is getting outside first thing in the morning will actually help spike your normal natural cortisol production. And that just helps your energy throughout the whole day. That's whether you're going through grief or not, but I do think it's more imperative if you're dealing with something. Absolutely. The nice thing is if you like, hopefully you have someone in your life that you can lean on. And I'll also make a quick note to not assume that people can't do it. Yeah. So, because I feel like when I was going through grief, one, it was really tough to reach out. I found it really tough to reach out to anyone who was also grieving my, the loss of my father because everyone deals with it so differently. And I immediately went to like, well, they're also hurting, so I shouldn't bother them. But then when it got flipped on me and a friend went through a hard time while I was also going through my dad's death, they didn't reach out to me at all. And I, I was like, no, it's actually helpful. Like it's healing for me to be here for you. Yeah. So don't be afraid to reach out to people. Like think of it in the reverse. This is what I always tell people is like, think of it if the re- situation were flipped and it was your friend that was going through this, wouldn't you want to know, wouldn't you want them to reach out? Wouldn't you want to know how to support them? So it's okay. Like reach out to people when you need it. And if you are someone who has a friend going through a hard time, one of the things that I love doing is I'll just, I'll send them a, a note at the beginning that says, if you get this emoji from me, it's me leaving the door open for you to dump on me for just to check in, to say whatever you need, to not say anything at all. There's no obligation to ever respond. It's okay. I get it. And then I'll just periodically, like whatever emoji I picked, I'll just randomly send it. Like it could be a heart. You could also pick something that's funny. That's going to make them laugh. Like whatever you want. That's a great way to check in without the person feeling overwhelmed because it can on the receiving end of things, if you're getting inundated with messages, it's hard to not feel obligated to respond to all of them. And that's very overwhelming. Oh yeah. So just know that one, if you're that person, you don't have to respond. It's okay. People will get over it. And if they don't, those aren't people that you need in your life. Yes. (laughs) And and two, if you are the person that's trying to help someone out, make it very clear that there isn't an expectation. Yeah. And then, so that would be like my 
biggest starting point, but I also recognize how scary that can be. So if we're not quite comfortable with that yet, then I would, I would honestly look to journaling. And then I also propone it for professional help. Um, if you haven't read the body keeps the score, I think everyone should read that book. And it's, it breaks down a lot of different modalities that professionals can use. And so it kind of helps, you know, what kind of professional, what certifications to look for. Um, it also is a really great, the book is just phenomenal at showing how psychosocial factors can show up in the body and get trapped in the body. Anyways. Um, but I think journaling and kind of brain dumping everything you're feeling Mm -hmm. and because it can be hard when you're going through grief, there are a few times journaling where it's just like, I I don't know. Like, I don't even know. Cool. Just start writing, like literally write. I don't know. And just keep writing until things start coming up and pouring out. Yeah. And just to kind of get some mental white space for yourself is huge. And then you could even start journaling about who do I feel comfortable opening up to? Why or why not? And then, because sometimes like if you don't feel okay with talking with someone, take a photo and send it to them. Yeah. Like whatever you need, but 100% like the community support is so like, it's priceless. It really is. Absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that because you had kind of touched on it earlier too, of if, if you don't have community, you're missing a piece. Like you could be doing everything else, right. But if you don't have the community aspect, then there's always going to be a puzzle piece missing. And so I'm glad you kind of brought that back around full circle a little bit. And I think it's a good reminder that like, if you're not going through grief right now, do, can you check in? Do you have those people that if something traumatic were to happen tomorrow, would, would that support system be in place for you? And if not, mm-hmm. what do you need to do now to start getting it in place? Um, cause it and is, be okay it with who does show up and who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that is something that no one really talks about, but it's very apparent very quickly when some actually something happens to you or for you or however you want to look at it. But when you're going through grief, there will be people who, whether it's, they get triggered or they just don't know what to do. So they don't say anything. Like there are going to be people who go radio silent and pull away from you that surprise you and then there are going to be people who show up hardcore who maybe you weren't super close with before that also surprise you and just try to I always try to look at it without expectations because it can be especially the ones that go radio silent or just disappear that you weren't expecting Mm -hmm. can be really hard but just trying to give grace that like you know what that's whatever they need to do and you can open up the conversation like if it's someone you're close with you can reach out and be like I realize I have a lot going on right now. I understand that it might be really hard to know what to say. I would love if you could show up in whatever way feels best for you. And then if they still don't, like that's that's definitely not on you. It's on them and maybe their purpose in your life or that season has passed and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that because I I feel like I can very much speak to that right now because there's been a lot of things lately in my own personal life that I've been going through, as you know, um, cause you were one of those people that just like came out of the woodworks and was like, Hey, I'm here. Like, how are you doing? And, and a hundred percent, there were people that I was like, where was this person? You know, like, why were they not there when I needed them? You know? Yep. And, and I do think you, you kind of have to release that expectation because it, 
I really believe that there are people that can be in your world and be in your community and that you can be friends with or even family with or, you know, whatever that aren't necessarily always there for the purpose that you think they're there for. And that's okay. And I, I have friends who real, like, you know, with the things I've been going through lately, they're like, I'm sorry. And they just kind of said, I'm sorry. And that's kind of been the extent of it. And there's not a lot of checking in. There's not a lot of like, Hey, I'm here if you want to talk, but, but I know that later down the road, later down the pipeline, if something comes up business-wise, 100% I can expect their support because I've gotten it before and they're those kinds of friends and that's okay. Exactly. That's okay. Because I also have those friends who are like, how are you doing? I'm here. If you need me, let's talk like, you know, like those people that, and, and I think it's hard too, because not everybody's always been through the thing that you're going through. Right. Yes. And so they can mean really well. And there's, there is actually a book that I love for this. It's called, there's no good card for this. Mm. That book is phenomenal at, it's one of those books that I think everyone should read before something happens to them or anyone in their life, but no one really reads it prior. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but it's, (laughs) it's hilarious. Like these girls also design, um, cards and so there's a few photos throughout the book. And one of them is like, I'm sorry for that person that related this to their hamster dying in the fifth grade, Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah. but it's, it's true. People do that. And so yeah. I think the book does a really beautiful job of like showing a better way to show up for people if you do want to do that. But I think what you mentioned is absolutely beautiful is we have different friends for different things. Like in your circle, there are going to be very few people that fit everything that you need in a a platonic relationship or a relationship in general, like very few people, even your spouse, like your person isn't going to cover everything and that's okay. They shouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. So just like you talked about, like we had, we have like the entrepreneur friends that we can get supported from. We have like, there are different people that I go to when shit hits the fan in life, like, and that's okay. And it's just recognizing who, who is best for what and who you need to reach out to. And like you said, being okay with it, don't putting the expectation or judging or looking down on someone because they didn't show up in some specific way that you felt like they should. Like there are no shoulds for starters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think like every once in a while, you should probably be grateful because if they tried to say something, it may not have been what you wanted them to say anyway. So (laughs) like, you know, careful what you wish for in that regard. And yep. And, and this is why, you know, I'm, I'm very big on like, be careful. I'm, I'm not saying never burn bridges. Cause sometimes it's like, that was a bridge that need to be burned occasionally, um, mm-hmm. rarely, but occasionally, um, but be careful what bridges you burn, because if you come in with your expectations and you're, you're angry at them and, and you're kind of hostile about the fact that they didn't show up or didn't show up the way you wanted or didn't say the right thing, or, you know, you put all these expectations on it. It's kind of like, well is this our friendship? Like, is this our relationship? Is this how we are mm-hmm. that, that we, we hold each other to a certain, I mean, you know, you can hold each other accountable for things and as, as friendships, but, but yeah, having, but having if you're these, having an emotional response like that, yeah, like what totally story different. are you creating about what they're doing? Because exactly. that's not on them. That's on you. And it's a hundred percent on you. And it, it's funny that we're talking about this. Cause I literally saw, um, a, a post just the other day and I had seen it before, but it came back up. And it was like, be careful what bridges you burn because you never know when you need to cross the same river twice. Yep. And I love that because it's like, 
you know, if you put all these expectations on it now that they weren't there for you for this thing, what's going to come up in your life later that they would have been the perfect person to be there for and be a part of. And now you don't have Mm -hmm. them because you burned that bridge. So it's just that thought of, of, you know, leaning into those people who do show up, like you said, and whether that's the people you expected or not. And I think it ends up creating even stronger friendships for you that way, because absolutely, you know, for me personally, there's people that have come out recently and, and been so supportive of everything I'm going through and who could speak to it from a much better place than some of my other friends who didn't necessarily say as much and that's okay. And now I, now I just have stronger friendships with people that I wasn't quite as good of friends with before. And that's a really beautiful thing that I think if you can get in that mental space to embrace that, it's only going to work out better for you, you know? Absolutely. And that was probably one of the biggest things that I noticed with going through grief. Like, would I give anything to have my dad back? Yes. But at the same time, like I can at least appreciate so many things that his, like that process and his death taught me. And one of them I didn't even realize for the longest time. And like you said, you build these deeper connections with people, but I think it's twofold. I think it's one, the people who can relate, Mm -hmm. but I also think going through anything like that, like is, yes, it's a very unfortunate event, but it is an opportunity for a lot of personal growth. Right. As you dive into your emotions and allow yourself to feel things and kind of undo a lot of stories. And like, there's so much that goes into working through that process. Not like grief is ever really done depending on what happened, but working through that process, it just opens up another level of you. And so your ability to connect with literally anyone you come across with deepens without you even realizing it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love this pivoting just a little, because (laughs) I, (laughs) there's so many amazing things you could talk about. And so I'm just like, how do we go from one to the other? Um, pivoting just a little, because you did touch on this at the very beginning. Um, and, and I'm really kind of curious to hear how it helped you with your grief and how you think it can help other people. I know you have very strong feelings about solo travel and what that looks like and how everybody (laughs) should do it. So can you talk about that a little bit and, and what that was like and, and why you think that's so important for people? Yeah. Um, there are so many reasons. So I've been solo (laughs) traveling since early college. Yeah. So I've done like 19 countries. I think 10 or 11 of them were solo at this point. I love it. Um, and then I do a lot of like, that's just international. Like I do a ton of, I'm, I love solo hiking, solo backpacking. And I think there's a lot to be said for relating it a little bit to grief, or if you're going through anything, or if you're trying, heck, I even do this now for like, what's the next step in my business and trying to gain clarity. I will disappear on a solo camping trip or like there's so many benefits one changing your environment like I'm sure you know how beneficial that can be to just gain new insight and then really being by yourself like I don't even take my dog when my intention is to gain clarity because I don't want to be responsible for another living being that I could potentially like use as an excuse to not focus on myself and what I need to work through absolutely so that is a huge part and then there's also the, the getting outside because generally when we travel, like we're not just going and sitting inside of a resort or something like whatever you're doing, you are getting outside, you're getting in nature. So there's all these benefits that you get from that alone. But what I 
why I am so passionate about solo travel specifically for females is the amount of empowerment that you can feel just with figuring out how to navigate a new city and how to talk to random strangers and all of these things. Like a lot of people's fear around it has to do with the safety and it's incredibly safe as long as you like do your due diligence, like read the reviews on places, like it's fine. Even I pretty much only stay in hostels. Like, yes, I'm in my mid thirties. I still choose the dorm rooms because they're a great place. One, it's cheap. Like I just need somewhere to sleep. I don't care. I don't need some fancy hotel. And then on top of it, it's a great place to meet other travelers. Yeah. Like, because generally people who staying in hostels, like it's a lot of solos. And so you can meet a ton of people, find out like what they did. If they're, it's like their last day in town, like, cool, what recommendations do you have for me? Or just going out and exploring a new city. The more that I travel, the more I realize we are all the same. Mm-hmm. Like there are definitely cultural differences, but human beings in general, like, the same, everyone has the same concerns, the same wants, the same needs. And it's a really beautiful way to start to kind of recognize that. And I believe for me personally, it's allowed me to give myself a lot of grace Mm -hmm. because I realize everyone else is dealing with the same shit that I'm worried about and dealing with. Um, And I don't know if I can exactly articulate how solo travel does this, but the amount of personal growth that comes with having to figure things out on your own mm. every moment of every day for however long it is, whether it's just a long weekend or a week or two weeks or whatever it is, there is a lot of, it forces you for starters. Like you have to realize, okay, what do I want to do? Because you don't have anyone else to lean on. You yeah. don't have anyone else's agenda to worry about. Exactly. So it's okay. What do I want in this moment? What do I need in this moment? What would really make me happy? And I think not enough of us t- take the time to figure that out without something like solo travel. Like how often do we really slow down enough? Not really. You don't actually have to slow down with solo travel. If you're anything like me, I do now, but like my first few, my first solo trip in Europe, I think I went to a different city every two days. Like I don't recommend doing that. It's a little too much of a whirlwind, (laughs) but it still allowed a lot of that same growth and insight as far as, okay, cool. What do I want to do here? Who do I want to talk to? Do I want to stay in this conversation? Because The beautiful thing is when you travel, you know that you're not seeing those people again. So it's, you will be more yourself than you are anywhere at home or even in the States. Like, I don't know what it is about going international, but I really don't care what people think about me. And I am truly myself Mm -hmm. 100% because you know that you aren't seeing those people again and it's okay. Yeah. I love so anyways, that. I just rambled a lot, but there's so I, many no, reasons I love it. why. I love it. It's so great. And, and I, I totally agree with you. I loved, I love so much traveling with my husband and he's my best friend and we have the best time together, but you know, I do get to sometimes go on trips by myself. And most of the time I end up with other people when I get there, but there's just something to be said for like catching a flight by yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and not knowing the stranger sitting next to you. And, um, you know, like going on a solo hike or going on a solo whatever and, and touring a city. And, um, I, I do want to encourage, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I can't afford that. Like, I mean, Megan just talked about going on a solo camping trip or like a solo hike or something like, so if, like find something near you yeah. that you can go do. One right? of my favorite things to do is so like I'm in the Phoenix area. So it's like, okay, let's find a neighboring town or something that I haven't explored there. Okay. Let's yeah. find a restaurant. Let's find a coffee shop. Let's walk around downtown. Like it doesn't have to be as extravagant. And even then I think people get hung up on international, like 
Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, actually Puerto yeah. Rico, you don't even need a passport for. Exactly. Um, <laughs> there are so many ways to make it. I, I love the switching but to and, meaning I want to travel, but I can't afford it. Why don't we say I want to travel and I can't afford it? Because that opens up the door for a lot of opportunity to reframe and figure, okay, how can I make this work? How can I do whatever it is that I want to do, but still fit it in whatever my needs currently are? Yeah. And whether that, like, like you said, actually, um, I think a great way for people to start is if they already have travel planned to wherever, like add a day on the front or back end, that's just you. Yeah. Like do whatever it needs to be. Or as I will say, um, I, I do have a tip for anyone who does try the solo camping for the first time by themselves. If you have a car that you can lay down the seats in and sleep in there, it is a lot less scary when you start hearing noises yeah. <laughs> to sleep in your car the first yeah. time until like at this point I'm used to it, but I will fully admit the first time I went solo camping by myself, I had my tent all set up. I had the fire going, yada, yada. I definitely like <laughs> doused everything and then laid the sleeping bag in my car because I, I heard everything at this point. I also, um, I will put my point, my phone on white noise mm-hmm. if I'm solo camping, because you do hear a lot of you hear everything. Things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I love that. It's such a good tip, but I, I do agree with you. I think it's something that everybody should at least experience once, but if you can kind of, you know, even if it's just like you said, just going to the next town that you've never explored before. Yeah. And, and it can be a day around. trip if you don't want to do like a hotel, because yeah. that can add up. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just something to be said for forcing yourself to get alone with your thoughts and alone with mm-hmm. your wants and your needs and even yep. your New environment only yours. yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Well, I know we're, we're kind of out of time and we're wrapping up, but I have to, <laughs> you, you mentioned something to me that I'm like, this is a total pivot and yep. somewhat unrelated, <laughs> but I, I have to like throw it in there for them to go like, look up later. Um, you share about a personality test that most people probably have not taken that is, is hugely beneficial. And I know we're not going to say a lot about it here. They'll have to go look it up and and (laughs) hit you up on Instagram and ask you all about it. But can you share a little about what that is? Yeah. So I feel like there's actually, there's three personality tests that I think everyone should do. The first two, most people know about, well, actually the first one, most Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that one's dead on human design. The more I dive into it, the more it's so scary accurate that I can't ignore it. So I think that one is huge if anyone hasn't done that. But then the third is the one that I can fairly confidently say that most people have not heard of. And it's the erotic blueprints. And yes, it's kind of what you would think based on that name. <laughs> um, so I it see. Is, think of like the five love languages, but for Eros, um, or like sexual development. So without diving into it too much, because well, for starters, this isn't necessarily like my specialty. I definitely have people that I can send. Like if people want to DM me, like I can give you references for like who yes. to work with as a coach. Send her all but the if DMs. You just, <laughs> if you just search erotic blueprint, um, it's by Jaya, J-A-I-Y-A was the original person who did it. And it will come up by the end of the quiz. You can do the free one or there's a paid version that goes more in depth. I actually do recommend the paid if it's something that is affordable mm-hmm. for you and it will dive into like, are you kinky? Are you a, the sexual type or are you energetic? Are you sensory? And what 
why this was so mind-blowing for me without diving way into my history one I very quickly realized I actually tested the first time it's kinky but it was actually because of past traumas and how healing some of that stuff can be versus my true type when I started diving into it so like if anyone's taken the five love languages like you know how it says like you're one of the top three most likely like not and then you start reading and you're like oh maybe I'm my second one right so when I started reading into this I realized I was actually an energetic And if you're someone who's listening and you know that there are times when your nervous system's a little heightened and you can be really sensitive to like sound or lights or touch feels like weird if you're in like a a funky state, like if you're going through grief or a hard time, like touch might even feel hypersensitive, Mm -hmm. then you're probably an energetic. But what is really fascinating about the stuff is you can dive in because it applies to so much more than just how you get turned on and how you function from a sexual standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we don't need to dive into it, but I do think there's a giant, like you cannot truly go through personal development without going through sexual development on some level. Like they're so intertwined. Yeah. Um, but it's not only does it help with that, but it also helps with just understanding how you function in the world. Like I can look back into the aspects of my childhood and how I interacted with people that if I had just known this information, I could have one understood and like recognized certain patterns in other people and approached them in a a manner that felt safer to them. And then I also could have helped like since then, like my closest friends and my fiance, like know how to approach me when I am like my nervous system is going haywire. Right. Like they know what to look for. They know like what's going to help immediately calm me down because it's different for every type. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. So everybody needs to go check that out. Look it up. We'll try to link it in the show notes and you can DM Megan with, with all the, all the questions about it. Um, I'm going to have to go take that later. Now I have to ask though, what is your Enneagram number? I'm a seven. Okay. That actually, and then I'm a manifester for human design. Okay, cool. I don't know as much about human design. So that's something that I have not dug into yet. All my friends are, and they keep telling me what they think I am, but no, I, yeah. I'm a lot well. of the quintessential things of the type seven. I'm a subtype though. That isn't as like sevens are known for being like wanting to be the life of the party. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just the adventurous one. That's no, I, I, I feel that all over the you. place. I see yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> as soon as you said seven, I was like, that makes sense actually. No, I get that. Um, I love that. I'm a one through and through like hundred percent. It's me to a T and I'm here for it. Um, I love it. This has been so good. We, I know we dug into like so many things, but, um, I think they are all all kind of intertwined. So, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, we dug into a lot of different things, but I mean, they all kind of have the same underlying messages. So it's amazing. Um, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to dive into our rapid fire round. It's how we close out every show. Um, and it's just a couple of fun questions that I'm curious about. And I think our listeners are curious about. So, um, are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. What is one thing that you do every single day that makes you feel alive and on fire? Ooh, I love the on fire edition there. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to mind is whatever movement practice I do that day. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes I hammer it hard and I feel like a total badass. And other times I do something like gentle movement. Yep. Um, and I feel really good about listening to my body. Um, and there's just something about movement that helps you feel more alive. Now, 
I'm going to cheat and give two answers though, because, (laughs) (laughs) um, because the other thing that immediately comes to mind is any conversation where I get to listen and help support someone find whatever resources they need. Mm, One of my best friends said recently, she's like, you're the best resource dealer that I know. And that really resonated because, and it's something I do with everything. Like literally all of the things that I do have this in some way, shape or form, but it's like, let me take all the information and figure out what's the one next thing that you need. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. You need to like change your Instagram bio. So it says like resource (laughs) dealer. Um, (laughs) I love it. Those are great answers. Um, what is the last either book or podcast that you loved? Oh, okay. So I'm currently reading permission to offend ah, yes. by Rachel Luna and oh, I am so good. loving it. So, so good. I know that's one that like I'm currently in. Yeah, no. So good. Yeah, that Perfect. is, I love that. I actually kind of took a break from like personal development type books for a while. I had read so many that I like, I needed a break. Yeah, but I'm, this is my first one in a while and I'm really loving it. Oh, what a good one to start back with. I love yeah. it. That's awesome. Um, this is kind of a somewhat a loaded question because it's very open ended. You could go a lot of different okay. ways and that's okay. <laughs> it's meant to be that way. Um, but if someone came to you and asked advice on their next investment, what would you tell them to do or what would you tell them to buy? Ooh. Okay. Um, so that's where I would definitely like my resource dealer skills would come on and I would want a lot more questions. You're like, I want more information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to know like what the next best thing is. If I had to give kind of like a blanket, mm-hmm. this is how to know that you're on the right path is sitting and getting, I would tell them to get quiet, probably go somewhere by themselves. Like whether it's a solo camping trip or just picking a new bar or restaurant, that's a little bit out of the way to go to by themselves and really think on what is it what's the one thing that you need right now that would help multiple areas of your life Mm. and then make a list of what are the options to get that thing and then which one feels the most right without getting super emotional about it Mm, yeah so I love this as because it can be tough to know what's intuition and what's just like we're getting excited about because it sounds cool and someone's a great salesperson And it's, do you have this gut feeling? Like, do you have this deep down, like, this is the thing without getting like super emotional, super excited about it or like, what is the thing? Generally, if I am with the emotional side, either it's like a stillness or it's equal parts excitement and (laughs) oh, I love it. Yes. No, I totally get that. I totally get that. That's the thing that you should do. Yeah. Great advice. I love it. Um, so, you know, females on fire is very big on community and elevating Mm -hmm. other women. So who is one woman that you want to give a shout out to? So you actually, I think, you know, Dr. Laura, I do. I love, yeah. So (laughs) Laura Cesaris is one of my best friends and she is like, we call each other biz besties Yep, because she's probably the the person that I could go to for multiple different things. Like I can go to her with business stuff. I can go to her with personal stuff, but she is so phenomenal at supporting other women in overall wellness as well. Like outside of like the friendship side of things, like what she does professionally, I, she cares so much and it's so apparent. 
and she really puts everything. Um, so I'll definitely give her a shout out. She's got a new thing called her wellness vault. I would 100% highly recommend anyone go check that out yes. and dive into it's like a self-paced program. It's amazing. I love it. Yes. And she's everything you just said is super accurate. She's just, you can tell she cares so much and it's so beautiful to see that in somebody. And yeah, she's, she's amazing. hundred yeah. percent. Go follow her, go check her out. All the things. Um, last rapid fire question. And again, somewhat open-ended kind of tough, but what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) that's the one where everybody always goes. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, so I'll give a little bit of backstory. I grew up with my mom saying, well, Megan's going to do whatever she wants anyways as like a negative, as in a like Megan selfish. So I I carried around this like amount of guilt with that for a very long time to the point where when one of my best guy friends said it, um, gosh, sometime around 2018, 2019. Anyways, I was at a place then where I could come forward to him afterwards and be like, Hey, like, I know you actually meant that as a compliment, but here's what it brought up for me. And he then turned around and he was like, well, I definitely didn't mean it that way. I I get it. Like, and I, I've met your mother. I I understand. He was like, but people are far too concerned with what others think when they're just too concerned about themselves. So why wouldn't you like, just go do whatever the hell it is you want, because that's going to be the best thing for you. Mm, Yeah. And just that, that permission to selfish isn't a negative selfless is not a badge of honor Mm. and at the end of the day doing what's best for you is also going to be best for everyone else so that little piece of advice but there's so many other pieces to it because if you've read um untamed by glennon doyle one of my favorite quotes from that book is there's no such thing as one-sided liberation Mm. and i think that applies to so many different things but especially if it's the best thing for me then it is legitimately the best thing for everyone. It just might need not be readily apparent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I love that too, because you can be both selfless and selfish. Like you could be mm-hmm. selfish right now and still be so selfless in the way that you do something or the way that you take care of somebody else or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. you can be both. And I think too many people get really caught up in the selfless part and sometimes being selfish isn't selfish, right? It's just taking yep, care of you. Exactly. Yeah. I think that circles back to the whole, like, don't get to the end of your life and regret not living it more for yourself. Yes. Boom. Full circle. <laughs> just like that. Locked it in. I love it. I love it. Such good answers. Such good advice. Um, just such a beautiful episode. Share with everybody, number one, where they can find you. Number two, what do you have for them right now? What are you working on? Yeah. So the easiest is honestly Instagram. So it's move on the daily daily is spelled like my last name, D-A-L-E-Y. And there's two major things that I have right now. One is just a freebie. It's a habit tracker, but it's an energy boosting tool. So like a few of the things that I've talked about through here are on that. And it's really a, I keep it really simple where there's the big hitters on one that's already done for you. And then another page of like, Hey, if you feel like adding to this and taking this a step further, here are some ones to choose from. And I walk you through how to choose the best ones for you. So that's a free tracker that I have. And then my other thing is that self-discovery journal that I wrote. 
Um, it's on Amazon. It's like $33, but it's so it's literally every exercise or every piece of helpful information or journal prompt or like, it's, it's probably better called a workbook actually. Yeah. Um, but it's everything that helped me break away the expectations of others and figure out really what is it that I want to do and who am I? Yeah. I love it. I love it. And we will put all of those links in the show notes. So absolutely 100% go follow Megan and check out everything that she does. Cause she's amazing as you guys have already seen from the last hour or so. Um, Megan, thank you so much for thank you. What, what really honestly was such an incredible, I, I say interview, but it was just a fun conversation. <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, you gave so much insight and I think these are, these are topics that aren't always the easiest to talk about, you know, for people. And so just having something like this, that they can tune into, to have a starting point and, and kind of know what the next step should look like. And and see what resonates with them, I think is always a really beautiful thing. So I think it goes so far beyond education. And I know you're, you're very big on providing resources and education and all of that, but I think it goes very far beyond that. Um, so thank you for that. No, thank you. This was so much fun. And that's a wrap head over to females on fire podcast.com to check out this episode's show notes, find fun bonuses, or grab your females on fire merch. If you loved this episode, make sure you hit subscribe, leave us a review, and then share your favorite takeaway on Instagram and tag us at females on fire so we can repost you. Want more? Join us in the Firestarter Club, a monthly membership focused on helping you grow your business and your network. And tune back in every Wednesday and Friday for brand new episodes to keep you fired up for those big dreams.